Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in. Listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Good morning. Would you please stand with me, uh, all of you here for the first time in visiting us. We do a Bible confession, which means we're, we're, we're declaring ahead of time what we hope to receive uh, today in church. Uh, so many times we just go through motions, so this is very intentional. So you can just repeat it after me. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. And I boldly confess, my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, and I'll never be the same again. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I want to encourage you today, as you listen to this message, to realize the goal of every church experience is for us to grow. The Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So if... We want to change our circumstances or we want to change our lifestyle. It begins with a change of heart. That for we, we perish because we don't have the knowledge we need to live the life that we want to live. So if you want to learn something, in other words, if I want something to change, I need to learn so that I can change that something. As I stated last week as we began this Blessed Life series... I did not grow up understanding blessing. In fact, I grew up believing that blessed people were crooked people. Because that's kind of what my religious church taught me. If somebody had money, they were up to something no good. And so I grew up with the understanding that getting by or surviving was pretty standard. In other words, anybody who wasn't living the way we were living probably was living life wrong. So I had a real prejudice against people who are blessed, which think about it this way. Isn't that stupid? I mean, if somebody's blessed, wouldn't you think, I want to be blessed like them instead of saying, why are they blessed? They've got to be doing something wrong outside of God because we ought to all be suffering for Jesus. And that is the stupidest way. We wonder why people don't go to churches because they feel like they have to give up everything that they enjoy in life. And, you know, we've got to become paupers and we, we can't have a lot because, you know, it, it, God's just so restrictive and he's such a mean God and judgmental God. And, and he, you know, all of those things are inaccurate. Can I just tell you? And so as a result of that, the church has not done a great job, in my opinion, globally, of really properly representing the gospel, which means the good news. How many of you know that, that good news is better than bad news? And so I want to be in a place that's going to tell me good news. I don't want to be in a place that's always talking about all the bad things that have happened in our lives. Because guess what? We've all had bad things happen, haven't we? If you haven't, please come and pray for me after service. Because we've all had bad things happen, and we oftentimes measure our life by the bad things. And because of that, we never see through them, beyond them, to see what God could do if we just would look in the right direction. Yeah, difficult times happen. In the world, you have tribulation. The Bible says, take courage, I've overcome the world. And so we have to change our thinking in order to change our lives. So the goal of the Blessed Life series 
is for us to get okay with God blessing us. Is that okay? Yeah, sometimes when I preach this series or anything like it, it's very difficult for me because I think, you know, there are people who come and they've got their their preconceived ideas when you say blessed or, you know, whatever you say to somebody, you know, hope it goes well with you, blessings on you, or be blessed. People get up tight sometimes. Well, you know, what does that really mean? Well, we're going to talk about that in this series. And it's very important for you first to grasp what the Bible says. Uh, in Proverbs 10.22, it says that the blessing of the Lord brings wealth, and he adds no sorrow or no trouble to it. So if you're just looking at Scripture and you go, okay, where in the Bible does it say this? Proverbs 10.22 is very clear, very clearly stated. It's the blessing of the Lord adds wealth or brings wealth, and he adds no trouble or difficulty to it. In other words, God's saying, I want you to be blessed, and I want you to know when I bless you, when it's me, there'll be no trouble added to it. Now, there are people who have wealth, and they're miserable. And there are people in, in Christendom who have wealth, and because we don't understand what to do with wealth, you can even be miserable. But Wealth is connected in the Bible, or blessing is connected to obedience. Now, in 3 John 2, the Bible says, I would above all things, my brethren, that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. God is saying, I care more about your soul prospering than you prospering. If you don't have a prosperous soul, you will not handle wealth and prosperity well, because you will think it's all about you. And, and, and it's just all about protecting what you have been blessed with and withholding uh, from others because he told Abraham, God did, I'm going to bless you so that you can be a blessing. So the purpose of being blessed is so that we can be a blessing. And so it's not just so we can accumulate, we can look right to all the right people, we can act right to all the right people. The reality is that we are to be givers and to be a blessing as God gives to us and blesses us. And so I'm going to be reading a lot of scripture today. Okay, so turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7. Because when we talk about money, it's such an intimate and a personal thing with people that sometimes when, when we speak about it, people think, well, what's his motive? What's his uh, intention for this? My motive and motivation is for everybody in the body of Christ to say enough is enough. The devil has stolen from me enough. I'm not going to let him steal anymore. And so if you don't have the knowledge of what the Bible says, you will probably feel condemned when you think about somebody blessing you. Now, please understand when the woman that just gave the few mites or she just gave just a little bit of money and, uh, and, and Jesus is in the temple watching... And he doesn't tell her, oh, honey, you don't need to give. Take it out. Instead of that, he applauds her. And she's been read about now for millenniums because of what she did. She gave out of what she didn't have. Jesus didn't say, oh, honey, we don't need your money. Go ahead. Jesus was really applauding her, understanding that if you don't give or you don't sow, you can't reap. And so rather than, and I mean, how many of you have ever had somebody give you something and you knew you had more money than them? I'm telling you, I used to not let it happen. And God really dealt with my heart. And he said, you know what? You are the soil that their seed is sown in so I can bless them. 
You know, and if you're not a receiver, if you can't receive, it's pride. Oh, that was hard. Let me reword that. It's possible that if you can't receive, that pride might be trying to hover at your door to prevent you from receiving what someone else would want to bless you with so that they could be blessed. Probably need to drink a little bit more Red Bull. The problem is that, that we oftentimes have difficult either receiving or giving, and sometimes people have problems with both. And when God dealt with me, because I did have pride, and I know for me, when someone tried to give me something, especially someone that had less than what I thought I had, they had less than what I, I knew I had, it was real hard for me. And God said, but you're good soil because what you will do is you will continue to give. Okay, amen. Good, good preaching. It's all good. Okay. Matthew 7, verse 7, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. It all begins with asking. And now, let me tell you how I would ask. God, I want to ask you to help me be a blessing. That's the first request. You say, well, shouldn't I ask him if, to, to bless me? No, help me be a blessing. Because he said, Abraham, I'm going to bless you so that you'll be a blessing. So God, first off, in order for my, me to handle prosperity, I need to first understand what to do with that prosperity as my soul prospers. So Lord, I'm asking you to help me be a blessing. Well, God says, well, the only way you're going to be a blessing is if you are blessed. You can't give what you don't have. So I'm asking God, God, ask, I'm asking you to show me places to be a blessing. I'm asking you to show me people that I can bless. I'm asking you to show me how to help others. When you begin to pray that way, God will make a way for things to get to you. So we have to first understand that God is a blessor. It's like people who are sick. If you don't believe God is a healer, then there's really a good chance that you won't have faith for healing. And I want to kind of tie these together because I don't want you to think. I, this is a principle that includes money, prosperity, wealth. Is that we have to first understand it's the will of God. If you don't believe it's the will of God, then you'll never walk in the will of God. You have to get it in your heart and your mind because as you think in your heart, so are you. It took me a long time to get this because I grew up, and Susan and I both grew up about a mile and a half, two miles from each other in the same culture. And in that culture was a culture of survival, a, me a mentality of surviving because a lot of our parents were very poor growing up. As a result of that, uh, we didn't get much teaching about how to uh, process wealth or prosperity. Matter of fact, those words were not used in, in my lifetime. It was get by, save all you can, and because uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a long life. You're going to live a long life, which I like that. But don't let your life outlive your money. And, you know, so save, 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 save. It was never give, 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 give. Even though my mother gave to the church and tithed, we were never taught the importance and value of tithing and giving. We were always taught, squeeze Washington till he screams. And we didn't even know who Benjamin was. I'd only seen Washingtons in my neighborhood. There were no Benjamins. And so we would squeeze Washington until that sucker bled. I had dollar bills that were red. I'm telling you, we wouldn't let him go because that's what we were taught. 
Instead of saying, you know what, if you take a part of that Washington and you give it to God, then you might see a Benjamin. But you're never going to see a Benjamin if you don't do the right thing with Washington. That's a $100 bill. <laughs> Somebody going, who's Benjamin? Who are these guys? Uh, yeah, I know. That's what you're sitting there thinking. I know. I'm working on this, okay? I'm trying to make it better and easy all I can. But, man, I didn't know what a Benjamin was. I, I had no idea. And seriously, I, a $100 bill was, I had, I don't even remember the first $100 bill I saw. And I, I thought it was much prettier than the one. I really did. When I looked at it, I thought, this is beautiful. I thought, and I just disregarded Washington. I said, sorry, dude, I'm in love with this one. Okay, now I know I'm going to get feedback on that. It, it's a joke, okay? See, money's not the root of all evil. The love of money is. Uh, money actually is, it's, it's a slave. If, you're, if you are surrendered to God, money will be a slave to you. If you're not surrendered to God, it will be a master to you. And so once you surrender to God, you begin to look at things through the eyes of God. Now listen to this. It goes on to say, for everyone who asks, receives. Everyone, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Now listen, this is the good one. This is the true measurement. And, and any of you who have kids, you'll get this. Any of you yet to have kids, you may not get this, but you can if you want to. It says, which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, thank you God for calling us evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask Him? So all you have to do is realize that God's heart is to bless His children, to give good gifts to His children. That's the heart of God. I was never taught this as a child. I was never taught this in any church I went to. I, nobody ever talked about money because the board of deacons uh, told the pastor he couldn't, so we called him the poor board of demons. And so they would never allow the pastor, you don't talk about money, but we need money. And if you don't talk about something, it's never going to come to the surface, and it's never going to be in the light of what needs to happen. And we need to understand, this is not a taboo topic. This is a biblical topic. There's more mention about money than there is faith in the Bible. You've got to understand, God understands the value of the currency in which we are operating by. But you have to get okay with it. And you have to embrace it and say, God, I want what you want me to have so that I can be a blessing to those you want me to bless. Now, turn your Bibles to the book of Leviticus. And quite frankly, very few people I've ever met have read the book of Leviticus. And I understand why. It is one of those books you just go, really, God? It is like the most boring book in the Bible. The book of Leviticus. 26, chapter 1, uh, chapter 26, verse 1 through 13. Out of the Living Bible. It says, you must have no idols. You must never worship carved images. Uh, obelisks or shaped stones, 
for I am the Lord your God. You must obey my Sabbath laws of rest and reverence my tabernacle, for I am the Lord. So no idols. That means including money. Money can become an idol to a lot of people. A lot of people want to accumulate money so that they can say they have money and they can have power because where there's a lot of money, there's typically a lot of power. And so the purpose of that is so I can control my world, my life, my situation, and I can control others. That's the corrupt side. The blessed side is I want to be able to possess so that I can give and I can help other people. And that's what I want to do. Now, there will be a fight because, let me tell you, it is a difficult thing to have. It's a difficult thing to not have. Please understand that. Oftentimes, people who look at, don't have money look at people who do and think they've got an easy-peasy life. That's not always the case. Matter of fact, sometimes it's more difficult because now they've got to figure out places to give it. And that's not easy because you don't know who to trust with it. And, and so the whole idea is that I want to find people who are going to continue to give, give, give. As a church, just so you'll know, we don't just receive offerings. We give offerings. We're giving 10% out of what we receive in to other ministries who will never help us back. That's the way it works. So it even works, operates in business. If you have a business, I'd recommend you tithe out of the business. Many people say, well, but, that, but no, no. If you have control of the money and you own a business, you should be tithing out of that business. Watch and see what God does. It's not just a personal thing. It's anything that we oversee or comes in, we need to be tithing from. All right? Let me grasp, grasp that for a moment. It says, if you obey all my commandments, I will give you regular rains and the land will yield bumper crops. And that, what that meant biblically was unusually large harvest. God said, if you'll do what I command, he said, I will make sure it rains. How many of you know there were not irrigation systems the way there are today and that farmers relied on God for their moisture for the most part? There were places that had access, water access, but you couldn't water a thousand acres very easily back in the day, okay? So God says, I'm going to make sure there's rain to water your crops. And he said, the trees will be loaded with fruit long after the normal time. In other words, God said, I'm going to make the fruit on your trees last longer than everybody else's. In other words, God's saying, I'm going to make your $10 bill last longer than anybody else's $10 bill. I'm going to make things work for you. I'm stretching things out for you. It's going to be easier for you because you have decided to trust me and obey me. Okay. So then it goes on to say, and... Grapes will still be ripening when sowing time comes again. In other words, there will never be a gap between your sowing and your reaping. God said, I'm going to connect the two. I mean, sometimes we have this gap. All of us go, man, I mean, it's the 1st and the 15th, and we got three days left before the 15th. God, I need you to stretch some grapes out here. <laughs> we need you to do more with little right now. And, man, I'm telling you, somehow God does that. And somebody says, I'm going to take you out to eat, or they do this, or they do that. God knows where you're at. And as we begin to obey him, God stretches the harvest season out into the sowing season and says there will be a perpetual cycle of blessing as you obey me. Amen. Okay. Now it goes on to say, you shall 
eat your fill and live safely in the land. So he said, when you bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, he said, I'll open the windows of heaven. I'll pour out such a blessing. You won't have room enough to contain it. And then he said, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. So the harshness that comes and the, the thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy, not just your life, but your wealth. He said, then I'm going to rebuke him. The devil's in debt to me right now. He's, I'm sending him an overdue notice. I had oral surgery last week, and I went, Jesus, they asked for my firstborn. So I'm looking and going, you stole from me, devil. So God even make your teeth good. For I will give you peace, and you will go to sleep without fear. These are all the things happening. These are blessings. I will chase away the dangerous animals. You will chase your enemies. They will die beneath your swords. Some of you go put that on your refrigerator because that's all you're thinking about right now. My enemy's going to die. God said you're going to die. I'm not talking about physical death here, though, back then maybe. But now he's saying, look, the thief is your enemy. We know that. The devil is the enemy. He said, I'm going to take care of him for you. And he says, five of you will chase a hundred and a hundred of you ten thousand. Uh, you will defeat all your enemies. I will look after you and multiply you and fulfill my covenant with you. You will have such a surplus of crops that you won't know what to do with them when the new harvest is ready. I, I don't know about you, but I kind of get excited about this kind of thing. When you know when you when you grow up with the mentality of just getting by, and somehow God finds somebody to open this this door to you, this window, this pull back the veil, and say, "Here's what I'd like to do for you, but you've got to let me." You see, you have a free will. I have a free will. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. If I think that God, if I think blessing is a curse and I shouldn't have too much, and you know, my, my dad always felt that way. He said, I, "I just don't want too much. I just want enough to get by." And you know what? God answered that prayer. He died without a bill, without anything, without any debt, but he didn't have a lot. But, but he asked, and God met him there. God will never exceed your faith. Rarely will God ever exceed your faith. Because you've asked at this level, this is where God meets you. Some of y'all aren't praying big enough prayers. You're not believing big enough. You're wanting to just get by, and I got good news. You will just get by. That's not bad news. That's good news. But I got better news for you. You don't have to live a get-by life when you have a great big God. Now, I know as I preach a little louder and a little stronger, it creates a little more anger in those of you who are thinking in your heart, this is ridiculous. Well, that'd be like having cancer and saying, I don't want to get well. I'm going to tell you, when I got sick and they wanted to cut on me, all of a sudden I had faith that God was a healer. We're going to cut your neck. We're going to do all this. I believe he is a healer. Too many people broke, busted, and disgusted. We've got to get rid of the disgusted. And say, I'm willing, God. Use me. My family's going to criticize me. And they will. They will. They'll criticize. People, people will criticize you for being blessed. They will. They'll, they'll, I've had people get mad at me, and I just smile and say, I'm happy. Your anger will not change my theology. I believe that God is a God, a good God. He's a great God. And He's an awesome God. And that God wants to do good things. 
said, and I will live among you and not despise you. I will walk among you, be your God, and you shall be my people. God wants to give a surplus, but here's the thing. He never wants anything to harm us. This is why he said that I would, above all things, you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. There is a level in our lives that we may not see or understand, and we have to be aware that God says, I will gradually grow you to a place where you will handle the blessing well. There are people who say, I can give a dollar on $10. I might even be able to give $10 on 100 but I can't give 100 on 1000 And so God has to say, get, get us to the place of going, a tenth is yours, God, whether I'm making $10, 100 1000 or a million, a tenth of it belongs to you, and I will never forget that. We can rationalize it. We can reason. We can do a lot of things. And we can say, but God, I do a lot of good things for a lot of people. And I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking God's saying, I know, but I gave you specific instructions to bring the whole tenth into the storehouse. I didn't tell you to spread it out 3% here, 3% there, 3% over here to this good work. I called you to bring a tenth into the storehouse. Now, don't get mad at me. That's what the Bible says. Malachi chapter 3, go read it. I'm not changing anything. I'm teaching. If I were to not give proper instruction, tell, well, it's okay. People come up and say, well, can't I just tithe to somewhere else? If that other place is not your storehouse, then it's not a tithe. It's a gift. And God bless you for giving it. But the tithe belongs in God's house, in the tabernacle. That's what he's talking about. And so it belongs in the place that you're getting spiritual food and that tent so that he can keep feeding you through the teaching of the word and the worship. Okay, don't get mad at me. So turn to Matthew chapter 25. Now there are levels here. And this is what I want you to see. God's not trying to shame anyone. He believes in... There are people who can handle a lot more money than other people. There are people who can handle $10 million. And I know you're thinking, I want to be one of those. Well, in order to handle $10 million, you got to start handling about a $10 bill, a hundred, a million. You got to handle it. And here it goes. In Matthew 25, again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. They didn't have cell phones back then. You couldn't FaceTime. When this guy's going on a journey, when it says entrusted, he's gone. And he, when he comes back, he's just trusting that what's been entrusted to his servants would be treated properly. And it says to one, he gave five talents of money. To another, uh, two talents. And to another, one talent. Each according to his, get this, ability. Each according to his ability. God is not a socialist God. The reason that doesn't work is because there are people who will obey and people who will not obey. People who will work and people who will not work. Don't get mad at me. Please understand, God is looking, saying, I don't want to crush you. So here's a five-talent ability, a two-talent ability, and even the guy with one talent, he's God's recognizing, saying, you know what? I don't want to crush you by giving you five. It'd be five times too much for you. So I'm going to give you one. We have ability. What is that ability, ability based on? God is looking and saying, you know what? I don't think you have the faith to do with five, and I'm not sure you have with one, but I'm going to give you one, and we'll give you an opportunity. God gives everybody an opportunity. And, and here's what happens. It goes on to say 
The man who had received five talents went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. How many of you think the, the master was pretty smart? He looked and discerned this guy. I'm going to give him five because I think he has the ability to handle five. Then it goes on. So also the one with two talents gained two more. But, anytime there's a but, it ain't get, it's getting ready to shift right here. But, the man who had one, received one, talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. You th and there'll be a lot of people who go hide the master's money. And you know what the guy was thinking? First off, he thought the master, master was a taskmaster. And rather than making money, he thought, you know what? I'm just going to sit on this. When he comes back, he'll have the one he gave me. That's not how God works. God is the God of sowing and reaping, of multiplying, not dividing nor subtracting, but adding. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. Now listen to this. The man who had received the five talents brought the other five. Here's what the master says. You, and no, here's what he says. So the master, he said, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I have gained five more. The master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. Good and faithful. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things come and share your master's happiness so he said you know what you have been good and faithful i'm gonna give you more just want this to soak in faithful over much i'll make you ruler over even more so you say God, I want, please bless me, please bless me. And all you do is build bigger barns, open up other bank accounts, and never give to God. You're not treating the master's money and everything that we, we have and possess is God's anyway. Susan and I recently uh, met someone that was helping us with a, a situation we were, were looking at. And, and uh, it was just a God-ordained deal. I don't have time to tell you the whole story. But uh, we met her and we, we, you know, we never hide our faith. We tell people we're born again. Uh, and you know that we're Christians and and you know I mean we have to tell them because we're pretty normal people <laughs> you know when you're normal you have to tell people you're a Christian <laughs> because you know you don't act like a righteous somebody you know and we don't we're just kind of common people we ride Harleys we just have fun you know and and we have fun and sometimes people look and say you're a Christian and you ride a Harley yeah and I have a tattoo too a tattoo too and, and so, you know, it kind of freaks religious people out because they've never seen that before. And so we're telling her we're Christian. And, and she said, well, I am too. Really sweet lady of God appointed. And then she begins to tell us that uh, her son was, was going uh, on missions. He's going to spend a little time in Zimbabwe. I said, well, I've done conferences in Zimbabwe. And I said, it's a really scary place. <laughs> well, you've got to be truthful. I got off the plane one time, and the people picking me up looked at me and said, well, we don't want to scare you, but we just want you to know that uh, the president of the country, Mugabe, has issued a, an edict that he can arrest anybody he wants and hold them for two to three days without cause. I said, thank you for letting me know. And I said, uh, where is he? So, well, we'll be driving around his compound, and uh, there are 160 armed soldiers inside and outside the compound. Would you please pray that our car doesn't break down? Because if it does, we have two choices. We stay and get bayoneted, or we run and get shot. 
I think I'll run because I'm not sure they'll shoot me well. And so anyway, so I, I'm telling her, you know, this was the country. I said, it's a little rough. I said, uh, and she said, well, you know, he's raising money. So Susan says, you know, I think we ought to send him some money. See, so all, all of a sudden, we're not thinking how we can accumulate. Who can we bless? God's entrusted us with some money. And, and I want to be entrusted with more. Don't get mad at me. I'm just telling you, this is why the church, it, it, you, the mafia is driving around in Bentleys and the church is driving around in whatever. It, it, it's it's flip flopped as how it should be. But because we have not exercised our free will in a way that says, God, I'm going to trust you with what I have. Because if I do, I know that there's going to be more. And the reason there's going to be more is because you have trusted me to go out and do more with what you've given me. Okay, I'm almost done. 2 Corinthians 8 9, I'm going I'm to send you out irritated. Bible says provoke one another. I'm doing my job today. No, because you talk about money or sex, people are always uptight. I ought to do a series on sex in November. We just go into 2019 uptight. Provoked. Why? It's something the church never talks about because we have so many different opinions and prejudices and things of that nature. And so 2 Corinthians 8 9 says, For you know the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. Listen why. So that you, through his poverty, might become rich. So it was like the God sent him from heaven with all the wealth of heaven. And he said, I'm going to bankrupt myself so I can be a blessing to you. It was like he said, I'm going to give you all my inheritance because I don't need it anymore. I'm going to go sit at the right hand of God. And I want to entrust to you the wealth of heaven so that you're not poor. But through my poverty, you can become rich. That word is in the Bible. And I know some of you are sitting there. I sat in, in services where I didn't have two nickels to rub together. And because of that, I measured the message by my lack instead of God's word. Instead of saying, I want what they're talking about, God, show me how to achieve that and be a blessing. Because I want to be a blessing to people. We love to give. I mean, that to me is one of the things God put me on earth to do is to be a giver. Mm-hmm. We first have to believe God wants to provide. We have to believe that. And I know that really religious people say, well, he just meets our needs. No, it says he will give us the desires of our hearts. Press down, shaken together, and running over. God said, I'll give back to you. Oh, you know when you came here, this is going to happen. Just wanted to do an illustrated sermon, didn't have time to get ready. So, 
for your sake, my sake, our sake, he became poor so through his poverty we might become rich. God, you have to believe it's his heart to provide, to give. And you know what? If you don't want that, that's, I mean, honest to God, really, seriously. Anybody who says, you know, I just don't want to have to deal with this, fine. Man, I honor anybody. Where My dad was great, and, and I always remember he, just, he was very smart. He could do anything. He could have probably been very, very wealthy. He created things. He built things. He invented things. But he just never, he just did it for fun. And, and he, but, but that was his level. And, and that was it. He said, I don't want any more. And God honored that. And, you know, I can't criticize my dad because that was all he felt like his ability was. That's all he wanted. But I realized in my world, I wanted to help the nations of the earth, and I still do. When I look at, I mean, when I look around the world, you know, I, I've been the chairman of board of a children's orphanage in Haiti, in Africa. And, and, and the joy of that was watching kids who never had anything and wouldn't had we not been there. And now watching those same kids today going to college and, and, and getting a university education who were abandoned and dropped off and left for dead. To see those kids flourishing now lets me know this is the heart of God. What can we do to reach more of these kids? What can we do to help more people right here in our neighborhood? And uh, are you going under the bridge today? A friend of mine, Ken Henderson, you need to meet him if you haven't met Ken yet. Ken is, uh, we used to do prison outreach together and preach in prisons. And uh, down, downtown in Oklahoma City, under the bridge, there'll be hundreds of people today going to church and attending church. And Crystal's down there ministering to them on the front row here. Proud of you, girl. Proud of you. Keep it up. You know, comes here and then she goes and ministers there. And, you know, God's delivered her. You heard her testimony. I mean, she was on the streets, man. And she never forgot. She said, God bless me and I'll be a blessing. And, uh, you know, it's always a joy to watch somebody like you. Don't ever lose that. We're watching you, and I'm your pastor, and I will come after you. <laughs> and so, you know, when, when we see her story, stories like this, that God's just waiting, man. He's just looking and saying, who can, I, who can I trust? Who can I entrust this with so that they will help other people? And, you know, it doesn't mean that you yourself don't get to enjoy your blessing, but you just don't worship your blessing. You don't hang on to anything. You say, God, it's all yours, and, and here I am. Use me. So today I want to encourage you, begin first to change the way you think. And I would say this to you today, and this is, I didn't say this at 930, but I feel compelled to say it. I don't want you to give one thing today if you can't give it in faith. I want to ask you don't. If you feel compelled to give but your heart's not in agreement, please don't give it. That's not what this is about. This is about you exercising faith. And this is about you saying, God, this is where I'm at today. So please understand, we're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. And I want you to understand that as a church. I decided when we started this church, if, if we didn't have enough to pay the bills, I'd just send you all a text in church and say, it's been really great, but we don't have any money. So we're out. <laughs> I'm a giver, not a beggar. And Kenneth Hagin, if you like Rama or you don't like Rama, Rama Bible Institute, I never went to the church there. I never, I never, I just, I, I just heard him preach, and it really inspired me. He was controversial because he always talked about faith. And we'll close with this. And this taught me something years ago. He was never a beggar. He was a man who exercised faith in God, and uh, it's all he taught on faith, pretty much it, all of his life. And he said something one time. He said, you know, this was when broadcast radio was really big. You didn't have all the Internet and all that stuff. He'd go on radio throughout the country and around the world. 
And he would go on in regions and he would have his accounting department look at those regions and say, you know, are those radio stations paying for themselves because we're not going to have uh, be on, uh, you know, in the northwest and they're, they're paying for their station and they're giving more to pay for uh, maybe the northeast, which is, is more uh, a little different. Let me put it that way. And he said, you know, if every place that we're teaching doesn't exercise the same faith, we'll go off the air. And so he, he would do that. And then they would start calling in and the, the, the call center would take those calls and they would say, Brother Hagan, they... Uh, they, you know, uh, there's no money. Uh, we don't have the money. We've got money, but they're not giving enough to pay for that region. And he'd say, well, we're going to go off the air then. And so he'd go off the air. And then the call center received calls from people who loved, his, uh, loved listening to him but weren't contributing. And, he was, and they, they said, well, why would you go off the air? So because nobody was contributing. Well, why didn't you tell us? I shouldn't have to tell you. I've taught you what to do. And if you don't do it, that's up to you. And so he'd go off the air. And so I just decided that's the principle. You know what? We're going to open the church. We're going to give you an opportunity to give. If the church ever got in a place where it wasn't enough to pay the bills, I just have to tell you, look, we, we, we didn't do our thing here. Because I'm not ever going to be a beggar. I'm going to be a teacher. That's what I'm called to be. And so if I don't teach you well, maybe you won't do well. But if I teach you well, you ought to do well. Thank you very little. And so, those of you who say, I, I can't afford to tithe, let me just tell you something. You can't afford not to. Amen. You'll be in the same place next year you were this year, maybe not even that good. That sounded good. That was good news. Because I let you know the truth. All right. Well, we want to bow our heads, close our eyes. I want to pray for you today. And I'm going to pray this prayer on you. Honest to God, believe it or not, please understand, God doesn't love you anymore if you give or if you don't. God loves you exactly the same his love is everlasting and your your giving is not what releases the love of god the love of god has been released regardless so please don't connect the two what you connect it with is whatever you sow you reap if you sow love you're going to reap love if you sow grace you're going to receive grace if you sow mercy you're going to receive mercy if you sow kindness you're going to receive kindness if you sow finances you're going to receive finances all the principles of sowing and reaping are in action based on our action and so today if you want to start something new in your life do something new in your life to start something new if you don't want to and you don't believe this, please don't. Uh, next month I'll start a new series and, and you don't have to hear this again for a little while. <laughs> Father, I pray for everybody in this place today. Those who desire to give, those who have yet to give, those who want to give, those who are angry uh, about giving. Uh, God, I pray for them. I pray, Lord, that you'd shift that anger because I was one of those angry people that anytime money was talked about, I didn't have any, so it made me mad. And God, I, I wish somebody would have talked to me in a way that said, don't, don't get mad, get glad, because God can do all these same, same things for you. So God, I speak blessing over this house, over everybody's house here, over everybody's house who's watching. I speak blessing, God. I declare it done. Show yourself strong this week, this month. Lord, begin to reveal to all of us greater ways that we can be a blessing to others so that when we're blessed, we won't be trying to hoard it. You will have already directed us to people we can help. Now, with heads bowed and eyes closed, there are those of you who have not received Christ and receiving Christ is the most important decision you'll ever make. That's it. But you have to realize God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God is a giver. He's offered us salvation. And now the one thing we have to do is admit that we're a sinner and we need to be saved. That's our role. God said, I've taken care. I've paid the price. But 
you have to exercise faith to receive salvation. Just like everything else, faith is involved. So I'm going to pray a prayer. I want to ask you to pray it with me. And don't be so stinking quiet. 9.30, you thought we were whispering a prayer. You would have thought we were... Anyway. Pray this with me. Say, Father God. Today, I acknowledge I'm a sinner that needs saved. I need your grace, your mercy. So today, I call on the name of Jesus. And you said I'd be saved. So I declare I'm saved because of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Wow, good job.